Welcome to the Messianic Media Podcast, a discussion of Messianic, Christian, and secular artistic works with David and Mark. Welcome to the Messianic Media Podcast. I'm David Kasdan, a Messianic Jewish filmmaker, musician, and artist. This podcast is about Messianic artists and the artwork that they create. I'm going to only do new releases once a month from here on out. Because of that, I will not do any new release section until next week. If you represent a Messianic music group, please contact me at messianicmedia@gmail.com. I'm looking for interview subjects, and I'm looking to play Messianic music that is outside the traditional worship genre. I recently attended the Union of Messianic Jewish Congregations Leadership Enrichment Retreat at Congregation Beth Messiah in Houston, Texas. I was part of a social media panel and presented on video production for Messianic congregations and ministries. Here is the audio from my presentation. I was a little nervous doing public speaking, but hopefully you can learn something from this. I showed a few videos as part of the presentation and had some slides, but the messages are covered from just the audio. Okay, so I'm going to talk about uh, video production, um, which is you know something they can definitely have for um, you know it's something that in something that would build both you know your social media sites and um, you know pers- and the congregational websites. Um, Okay, so a little bit of background. I'm, I had a video degree from the University of California, San Diego. I worked as an intern for a Messianic synagogue called Wave Jerusalem in Jerusalem, Israel for five months, producing a video for them as an intern. And then I also have a freelance videography comp- company called David Kasten Videography. And also have a podcast. So I'm going to play a video that I produced uh, for the UMJC. And I'm also going to talk about some of the aspects, um, you know, the video production elements that went into the video. But you can also enjoy the, the message that's on that. All right. There was a couple. Okay, so there was a couple different uh, reasons I made the video. Uh, did you have a question first? or? or? Okay, so there's a couple reasons to make the video. I mean, the first uh, goal of the video was to um, increase awareness about the K-20 program for uh, potential interns so that people, you know, young adults know about the, the program, um, what the kind of work is, how they can get involved. The second purpose was to, um, you know, was to uh, encourage donors, let people know about the program, see it's the same thing, see the work that's getting done. And then the third is just to, you know, increase awareness, see that, you know, people that might necessarily be donors, but see that, you know, that the UMJC is doing things towards raising up a new generation. So there's several ways, um, several things you can do with the video. It's good to have it online. Um, you can have it on your uh, congregational um, you know, a video like that on the congregational website, and most people um, have photos, you know, on their website, you know, show people doing stuff, um, activities, and then so videos is, you know, shows some of the same things, you know, show that, you know, that there's, you know, an active community, show that uh, people are, are doing that, but also, you know, it's a way for people to share videos. Um, I've made, you know, a variety of videos, both for, you know, uh, for three different congregations that I've been to. And from my experience, 
um, more often than not, more people watch the video online than the potential audience. Um, so you're getting more people to view the video. I mean, people that are in the local community that are have an interest in the in the congregation, but also you know people that might potentially be going to your synagogue, um, people that want to support uh, Messianic Jewish ministries. There's also by having the video online, you can show the the video to people that weren't in synagogue that particular week, um, so you don't have to show it multiple weeks. Um, you know, people that go to the synagogue can share it with their friends. And then you can also make specific videos, um, possibly for, you know, outreach where you're, um, you know, telling people directly about Messianic Judaism. And then there are more practical stuff. You can use videos as like a fun type of, um, you know, announcements, or you can use it um, even for fundraising purposes if you have a particular cause that you're working towards. Okay, and, um, and like the social media, this is uh, video production is something that you can at least um, supervise, but you might have to work with someone in their 20s, high school, older, that know a little bit about video production, but you can certainly chip in. Um, Right. And I, I love that because it, they're really short and they can, you can get a message around really quickly. Exactly. And, um, you know, definitely try to keep it short, um, you know, and get the message across. And people can, you can always supplement it with a website or descriptions to keep it, uh, keep it longer. But, yeah, you can also, even if you're not in, involved in video production directly. Um, I got a lot of supervision for this video and for other videos from, you know, from rabbis and stuff, like where they, you know, can contribute ideas and help with the, uh, the general idea for the video, even if they're not uh, directly involved in the nuts and bolts. You know, I want a, a word of encouragement, and she was unable to be at the high holy day. And so we Skyped it in, uh, but we didn't have a camera and some other, piece of equipment that we don't need to do that, but she was able to be uh, a part of the service uh, for those times, and there was Jewish doctors that was taking care of her, and they attended the service. Oh, wow. So, I mean, it, there was a lot of uh, things that this was a, a tool to people that are unable to be in the service through circumstances. Okay, excellent. I'm going to talk a little about the uh, the nuts and bolts of the equipment, and then I'll go into uh, post online. So video equipment is pretty cheap now. It's certainly been getting cheaper year after year. Um, first to get started, you can probably get started with whatever equipment people have. You can ask if someone in, their, in your synagogue has a camera, a tripod, and those are the two things like you, you would basically need to create most videos. Um, you know, camcorders are, are you know, certainly go down in price, but people also, a lot of people do have them. And then a tripod, um, not as many people have them, but it is, you know, pretty affordable. You can get a, a sufficient one for 20 or $30, and it would, it just adds a stability to the video, um, makes it a lot easier to watch. And those are the two main things. Like, um, 
Um, I certainly I had some extra equipment in that, but um, you know, time permitting, I'll show a video that I that I made uh, several years ago just using a camcorder that's now seven years old and a tripod and no external microphones, no second camera, um, no lights, and you know, the, the other equipment. Now, if you are getting a video camera, there's a couple different kinds. Um, uh, I would recommend a hard drive uh, camcorder. They're generally smaller and lighter, um, which is you know nice for carrying around. Um, they have less moving parts. Um, they're not um, recording to a physical media, so it's actually quieter. Um, it tends to be they can tend to be smaller, and it's also cheaper in the long term because um, the other two cameras types of cameras are would be like a tape, um, called like mini DV. Um, um, and then there's also DVDs where you can record the DVDs, but um, but if you were, have a hard drive, you can use just store it on trans. You just download it directly to your computer. It's less space, um, less physical space. You don't have to constantly be buying tapes or DVDs, and um, you know it's it's better storage overall. But I would recommend if you have you know equipment already, use what you have to start out with. And then um, you can get a microphone, it helps with that. Um, I did have an external microphone um, for the interviews. Um, if you're indoors, you pretty much are, are fine with what you have. You just have to make sure that you know the place is free from background noise. If you are doing stuff outside, it is nice to, it is definitely nice to get a, a microphone so um, things sound clear. Um, and you know, if you have it, you can use it. Um, Maybe recommend if you don't have it, you can shoot a couple videos, see how it's going, and then see if you want to upgrade to microphones from there. There are two different types of, of mics. One is um, was a microphone that's connected directly to the camera, and the second one is, would be um, like a clip-on mic where record directly from there. The clip-on mic gets better sound, but you just have to work things in advance. Like if you're interviewing someone, you have to make sure it's set up. If you're doing um, like impromptu things or recording a lot of people, then a microphone that's attached to the camera will improve the sound overall. And it helps a little bit with the quality. Um, so this is just something to experiment with. Okay, so um, the video that I just showed you was three minutes. Um, the video could have easily been five minutes, ten minutes. I had enough uh, content from the interview. And it's a good idea to shoot a lot more than you need so you can pick and choose. But you want to keep things short. Uh, two to three minutes is, is the, about the ideal length for an online video. Um, you want to you know, have a good reason to, to get it longer. I was able to get you know, several points across, um, even kind of reiterate within the two or three minute video um, some of the major points. I was able to show a wide variety of, of shots and some of the shots weren't necessarily that long, so, um, and especially when starting out, um, that tends to be the, the number one thing that people do when they start out is that they make videos that are, that are too long. Basically, you, you shoot a lot of things, it all looks good, you want to include it all, and you end up with a, a video that's, that's too long. Once again, if people were, for example, more interested about K20, they can read about it at their own leisure, or you could shoot a secondary video that goes into to more depth on 
like for, but um, uh, you know, pretty much I just covered you know the main points of Vlad's internship and the main points of uh, K twenty. Um, so for the video, I did choose a wide variety of angles. I moved things around. Um, so I had cutaways, um, and the, it's easy to do that with two cameras. Um, one thing I kind of describe is a 30 degree roll where you want to make sure the camera, when the camera changes from one shot to another, that it moves at least 30 degrees in the point of view. If you, if you move the camera a little bit, then you'll notice that it's jumping. Like that it's, you know, the person ten, tends to move within the frame. But if you move it at a sufficient angle, then it just looks, then it's, you know, it creates a more interesting shot. You know, and I actually was able to use that to jump around in the interview. Um, actually for the, you know, when Vlad and, um, and Kirk were talking, I actually jumped several times within the interview, um, splicing together words. You know, obviously it's, it's unethical if I wanted to change the message, but um, I just used it to shorten it, to, you know, to paraphrase, to get a, a 10 second sound bite out of a 30 second sound bite. And I used multiple angles to, um, to do that. Now with two cameras, it's easy enough because you just set up two cameras kind of at opposite corners and you can always, you can move from one to the other in editing. If you have one camera, you can still do that. You just shoot some of the interview from one angle and then you move the camera to the other and then you shoot some of the some of it from the other thing. You might have to duplicate your work. Um, it might take a little longer to get all the all the shots you need, and you, uh, but you can still go back and forth between the two angles. And the reason you do that is so that it's you can skip around in the interview, skip around in the footage, and it's a more interesting shot um, just because people it gets it's more exciting when it's just a person talking to the camera. Uh, computers today come with a pretty good editing um, software. Um, you can uh, computers are pretty much fast enough that you can use any um, computer within the last couple years to do editing. It's not going to be too complicated. Also, Windows com comes with a free software called Windows Movie Maker. Um, Apple's come with a free software called iMovie, and those are pretty quick. Um, you know, it's free, and you can certainly do it for. For short videos, you know, especially one-camera videos, and I'd recommend um, having the person that's doing videos start out on that. You see if it's something you like, and then you could go from there to possibly uh, investing in a software. You might also check with uh, someone at your congregation to see if they have an extra copy of an editing software. Um, you know, someone could loan you um, the software to edit. Um, if you do want need to buy one that's a little more complicated, I do recommend uh, Adobe Premiere Elements, which is, you know, it's a good value for $70. Um, and you can also talk to me afterwards if you want to know some information about professional editing software. Okay, so let's move to putting videos online. Okay, first you can, um, you know, YouTube is, the, is definitely the king. It um, gets the wide share of videos. Um, not only is it really easy to find videos online, to post videos online, it's also king because everyone, people tend to, to go to YouTube first and to see what they want. Um, and you know, it's pretty, 
it's accessible on uh, mobile, tablets. Um, it's also really easy to put YouTube on a congregational website, um, which certainly saves you uh, bandwidth, which is you know can be expensive for videos. But it's also, I mean, there are definitely advantages to having it on YouTube, even even if you could already put it on your actual website. You want it on on YouTube so that people can find it. Um, so messianic videos are actually pretty well represented on YouTube. There are a lot of messianic videos and a lot of Jewish videos. And people search for Jewish videos. People search for messianic videos. So uh, I find that um, videos that I created you know, specifically for congregations, um, people will look it up because they're looking for Jewish music or they're looking for um, you know, specific videos about specific holidays. And you know, also some people, and some people are searching for messianic videos, and so I find that we're doing a, a pretty good job overall getting our our message online, and it's something that's uh, been pretty popular. Now, for when you put the videos online, you can put keywords, like you put in messianic, Jewish, you know, UMJC, the name of your synagogue, and people can, uh, if people want to find out, you know. Um, people can search the name of the, your synagogue and they'll be able to find it pretty soon. And, you know, uh, obviously a lot of people search for Jewish videos and they'll come across yours. And, you know, it can, you can make videos that are, you know, if it's Jewish dance and stuff and people might, you know, be interested in that even if they're not, even if they weren't actively searching for messianic topics, they might be open to, to seeing some messianic dance or, or music like that. And you can also, within YouTube, you can create playlists where you can organize videos together so that people that find one video can see easily see the videos that are related to it. They can see the other videos that you made. You can, you can see videos that you made on a particular holiday or topic. And, um, yeah. and also people can choose to comment on your videos, um, which you know, it is nice. I think that um, it's it's kind of interesting. Some people, you know, tend to be positive, even if, uh, and I find some good feedback on that, or, you know, people will offer suggestions, or on the other hand, you will get, um, you know, you can get occasionally, um, you know, anti-missionaries posting on it. Um, you can either choose to block them, you can choose to engage them, you know, civilly on the comment section, it's, it's up to you on that. Um, but then you do occasionally get people that just want to, uh, you know, leave hateful comments. Um, so it's something you have to watch out. And you can set email, you can do email settings to, to get them. And so hopefully if people leave um, comments that are, that you want to delete, that you'll be able to kind of react, react to it quickly and it's not gonna take that long. You can also choose to, uh, Block comments or, or things. Uh, on YouTube, are you uh, uh, still looking at the two to three minute rule on this? Uh, uh, if, if you're doing YouTube, what would you say would be the max for, uh, for an effective YouTube video? I would say that's effective. Um, two to three minutes. Um, I have done some videos that are or five or six minutes because I've been telling longer stories. Um, for example, um, 
I did a, a Hanukkah sketch. Um, like it was basically a Hanukkah play, but we sh we filmed it instead because we wanted to use outdoor locations, um, some special effects actually. And so we, we still kept things at five to six minutes. Um, so some people watched it all the way through. I, I found that like um, not a lot of people actually watched it all. Um, people, if people didn't like it, then they would click away within the first 60 seconds. Um, so sometimes, but sometimes it seemed a lot of people only watched a couple minutes and, and got bored with it. You, could, it's, you tend to get more views if you can break it up, if you can, even break up a message in, you know, questionnaire interview into like two or three parts, and you know, within each part you can have a separate topic, like you know, where it answers this question, answers uh, that question, and and people can can click around on that. Can, can you measure how long somebody? In other words, you know how many people hit on that and view it, but can. Do you know how long they stay on it? Yes, you can. Um, there is, um, it's kind of hidden in there. It's a little um, technical, but you can actually click. Um, there's account settings and you can see how long people watch the video, when actually people get bored, like, like at what point people get, um, you know, tend to click away. And there's not much you can do. In, if you see that, then you can figure out what maybe something that you can do for future videos. There's not much you can do about about it with videos that are already on there. And you can see locations, um, you know, um, not by states, but like by they have it separated by country. Um, you can also see how people are finding your videos. I tend to find that um, I do get a lot of views by related videos. Um, well, let's say I have a so I a video like it's uh, you know Passover. Um, like highlights from a Passover message, like I put in uh, Afi Komen message. So I do get, it shows like people searching Passover Afi Komen, uh, Passover Seder, Passover music, but you can also see that people are clicking it from other Passover videos. Um, and, you know, you can promote the video. It's, it's great to put it on Facebook, you know, YouTube, I'm Facebook, Twitter, etc. but also it, it builds a on its own, and then you can, you know, if you build something around the holidays, then you know you can post it every year, and a lot of people will still find it. A lot of people discover it each year, you know. Um, so you get unique people, or there's people that have, you know, haven't seen it in a couple of years, and they might be interested in seeing it again. I'm just curious about something because something you said. I, I have a blog, and I can go through statistics and see where people are hitting it from. And I'm wondering if it's the same for a lot of the websites and whatever. Uh, apart from hits in the U.S. and being a speaking world, I get a, I apparently have a significant following in Indonesia. <laughs> and I'm wondering, is that simply people trying to hack it? No, I don't think it's people trying to hack it or anything. Um, I do get, I do get um, views. I'm from Europe and from Israel for some of the Jewish stuff and for some from random countries. I don't. It's it's something I, I personally don't know why they're looking for that. Maybe they're, I mean, just looking for particular views. Okay. Do anyone have any questions about video for? Um, Oh. Control over video, copyright sub, if there's such as that, uh, and how they're sent, which format. Um, 
I've gotten things that have been sent to me that I can't open. Uh, is there a particular format, or if you get something you can't open, is there a way of doing that? Secondly, as far as control, uh, let's say I, I find something, I, a YouTube thing that you've done. Yes. Uh, can I take that and then use it for my congregation, or is there some type okay, of... Okay, well... You can, it, yeah, you can have control over it. Um, for example, I can choose, you can choose to have videos only on YouTube, for example, um, or you can choose to have people put videos on their blogs. Like people can, by default, you can look at a video and if you like it, you click on something that says share and then you can put it on your blog or you can share it on Facebook. Um, and there are, you know, if you want to send video that's you know through privacy settings if you can you know keep things hidden or if you only want to send it to certain people but there are ways to keep it from um, you know from someone uh, directly you know putting it on their own website so you can choose to do that. So if, if I'm if there's something there that says that you can share, can I take that and like send it out as an email file yes. or something? And they can, It'll, it'll arrive in some way format that's openable. Yes, and that's and it's you know it's it's a lot easier to have it where you're sharing the YouTube links or something like where you're sharing the the links to the the website online just because it's it's easier to for to load on a computer versus having to download it to your computer and then send it as a large file and then people can't necessarily open emails of certain size. Okay. Uh, right. Or someone's picture being put up on, on, on a YouTube or a website or whatever, and, and what do you do about it? Well, first, you want to use original things. No, I'm talking about, for instance, let's say I. I oh, if someone uses your. In my congregation, and uh, in the video, there's 20 people from my congregation that are there. Uh, do I need permission from each one of those 20 people to put their picture or their thing up on YouTube video? Or, you know, what, what I, someone comes up to me and says, well, I don't want my, my picture up there. I don't want to be included in this. It's within their right. Pull it down. You definitely, I mean, first, if, if you're creating a video, you know, most of the time people will know that they're being videoed. Um, if you're filming, like, a congregational event, um, it's usually best not to, I mean, I, w I wouldn't necessarily recommend getting the audience um, because it's within their right for someone that's clearly identifiable to complain about that if for some reason they would have that. Um, definitely, you know, with, you know, if, if someone's, you know, speaking or in an audience, then they know that they're getting videotaped. Um, and I, I'll mention this briefly, you don't want to use... You don't want to use other people's music unless you have permission to use it. Um, that's YouTube actually has some automated ways to detect that, um, especially for the the more popular the band, the quicker a video can get shut down for using someone else's music. I use a tiny bit of of my band's music in that video, um, which obviously I have permission. Um, you can probably contact you know a lot of messianic artists about using video. And I can also talk to you afterwards. Um, there are plenty of sites where you can get music that's free to use, um, where it's basically background music, music designed for, to be in the background of video that's completely free to use. And there are some websites where I can 
get some stock footage um, if you need some exterior shots. But it's, gen it's a really good idea to shoot everything yourself, um, not to, you know, and to not use other people's video and stuff without their permission. An example of implementation. Let's say we have uh, you know, a famous Messianic band okay. coming through your area. They're posted. They're going to come to your congregation. Um, we're in a university town. We want to get this out. Oh, yeah. yeah. But we want to do it in a way that's, you know, that's, uh, so that they will accept it. So we're not going to be banned from the site. Okay. How, what would be the strategy that you would, say, post a message and then say, check out this video? Right. Assuming we have the band's permission. Yeah, well, first, yeah, you get the band's permission. Um, you could, if you get the band's permission, you could probably use, you know, if they have a music video, you can even use a clip of it. Um, you know, you'd have to get some video footage from them or get some pictures um, you, or use music in the background and you record a voiceover. You want to be sure to record, do the video enough in advance that people can share it around and, and things, you know, before. So, so people can find, if people are searching for the band or they're searching for your congregation, then they could find information about that. You know, it's something also you can show at, you know, your synagogue, you can put on the website and different things so that, you know, it's easy to, for one person to email that to another person. If you get permission from the band, the the band or the label, or the, they're going to have to actively do that. Um, the only, I mean, the the automated stuff is pretty much only the major label groups, the people that are selling, you know, millions of albums that they have it set up where they submit their music in advance to YouTube, so that as soon as someone uses their music, it gets shut down. The bands that are you know, on the rise or, or something, they, they can request that your video gets taken down, but they're not going to, I mean, but in this case, they obviously wouldn't. Does that make sense? That answer? Can I kind of answer your question a little bit? Because I think I understand what you're going after. Um, you know, at that point, I would say that you want to put yourself in a position so that you are um, uh, either friends with or that you are on the page itself for okay. yeah. the Hillel group at that specific school. And then you um, request that they would post the link, or you put it on their wall so that that link gets posted there. Um, you know, so there's no way necessarily to message blast unless you are friends with someone, or you, you know, or I could tweet it to their tweet and ask them to retweet it out to their followers. This episode is sponsored by David Kasdan Videography. I film videos for Messianic synagogues, for Messianic ministries, for businesses, for individuals, and for events such as weddings and bar and bat mitzvahs. My rates are affordable and I can travel from my base in Chicago. Um, podcasts are basically the digital version of radio programs. So it's the same kind of audience. Um, podcasts are or something that people can subscribe to automatically and download audio content. And typically, they would listen to it either on their commute, or in my case, I listen to it, you know, I do some data entry, so I, I listen to it in the background while I'm uh, working. And so a couple advantages. First, if you already are set up for video, you have all the stuff to do audio recording. So even, you know, a, a, you know video cameras or, or record good enough sound to uh, get a good audio podcast. You know, just make sure there's no distracting noises in the background, but that's certainly enough to do audio things. So the advantage of podcasts is that they tend to be longer listeners. Um, you can actually get, you know, 30 minutes to an hour and a half. Um, 
program. You know, um, I do a particular program where I interview artists, um, messianic artists. Um, so it's a it's a longer program, but people choose to listen because they're doing the longer drive or it's past kind of passive background entertainment. People have much longer attention spans. Um, something that's built in is you know sermons. So that would be an excellent format for that. You can basically. If you have audio recordings of that, you can set it up so that people can automatically subscribe. They can choose to listen to every week, or they cho can choose to listen the weeks they can't make it. And it's something that they can download either to their computer or to an iPod or um, a phone or something like that. It's called podcasting because it was originally uh, designed for iPods, but people listen to it on, on different devices. And um, so basically, that's the same thing. Um, the most popular way to get it is iTunes, um, where people can, you would generally put it for free, and then people can choose to download and subscribe. Um, and the same thing where you put keywords and information in it so that people that are looking for Messianic podcasts can come across it, or people that are searching for your city will come across it. And it's a way to uh, do longer form communication. and. Uh, if you want to talk to me afterwards, I can talk to you a little about getting it on iTunes because it's a little bit of a, a process. But you can basically search for you know submitting podcasts to iTunes, which is the most popular way that people do that. Yeah, good overview. And again, we realize we're not coming every everything here in a, a couple hours, uh, three hours even. That uh, good priming the pump and ideas, and we know who to contact now if we need some. Uh, professional follow-up so uh, thank you David and guys and uh, they, I think uh, in our last uh, whatever 40 minutes or so here uh, get the whole panel back up here and still a couple things to tie it together uh, whatever you guys feel like you'd like to do certainly Q&A more that's uh, it's been good interaction here but what does this mean to, to us our main thought here uh, you know, the the you know, the Great Commission. Go make disciples yeah. of all people. And it's just, you know, the day we live in, different tools. I wonder what Shaul would have done with with all this, you know. And he had to schlep all over the place, uh, boat rides and everything else. But isn't this incredible? I mean, you think about mentoring, discipleship, capabilities. Think about outreach. Possibility. I mean, we're all about outreach, Messianic Judaism, and I think what Ron shared and, and with Dolly, you know, even they call it worship. I mean, you know, it's uh, for for the it just broadens the the tools for what we're all about. So uh, this is this is excellent uh, food for thought. So uh, maybe we can we'll close with uh, the two minute uh, video just for fun. Yeah. So the key. I mean, first. The reason people's friends share this is because there's funny video. It's funny in it, and people like the video because there's funny elements in it. And then people find the video because we put Sukkot and the keywords, you know, basically describing what's in the video, so people find it. And so, and then we move. We just put in a little bit of a message. It's enough to get people interested. If people want to do that, then they find out. You know, they talk in the video, or they go to one of the websites or the social media sites. <coughs> Yeah, yeah, go. I, I, I think all of us understand the idea of outreach and probably to attract people to our congregation. Right. 
So if somebody went on YouTube and found that video, how, how does that convert in them there's, coming to the congregation? There's this description of the video in the event. Um, and normally, for if it's a little longer video, I might in the future I'd probably put a website on there. Um, I, I, yeah, I forgot on, on that particular one, but it's, it's it's certainly in the description of the video. And if people are sharing it, then they generally talk about the the video. And or it says K Lot Ariel, though they can Google to see that at the very so least. Like, click on something to go right to your website. You can you can do that now. They didn't have that three years ago, but they have a. You could actually put buttons on the YouTube website to click to go to websites. Yeah. Right on, guys. Hey, thank you so much. Uh, yeah, let's give a thanks to Chris, Appreciate it. If you have any comments or voice messages, you can send them in MP3 format to messianicmedia at gmail.com or through facebook.com slash messianicmedia. I'm looking for sponsors and donations for future podcasts. This episode is copyrighted by Messianic Media Podcast. Intro and outro music by The Pair Republic. www.facebook.com slash The Pair Republic. Any other music copyright of their respective holders. <laughs>